I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christofferson here on December 22nd. It is almost Christmas but Husker 24-7 offices are staying open through the night. We don't slow down here. There's a lot of places that they take off early for Christmas, you know, and, and productivity goes down. That would never happen with Husker 24-7. We're productive all the time. We're used to working on every day that ends in Y. Isn't that right, Brian? Yeah. I mean, there's flexibility. There's definitely flexibility with the hours, but yeah, I would say that's, I would say that's true. I um, may or may not have been looking for a serious response there. So yeah, uh, we're playing it up. We're making people feel bad about listening to this podcast while they're just, you know, riding out the rest of the year. No, that's the, uh, that's the American way to ride out the rest of the year. Once you get to like December 20th, I, it's, I have only had one job in my life that would be considered relatively normal hours and i have never had to work that period um between christmas and new year's for that job so i have no idea uh what it's what that that time period is like to, to sit in an office where half your coworkers are have taken the week off or where you're just like i just gotta i just gotta get to friday i don't need to start any new business i don't need to achieve anything it could be year end for some people so you don't want to start anything before the next year's. And so I, I've never been in that kind of in that environment. But my friends just tell me it's it's either great if you're trying to get stuff done and there's nobody in the office, or you just feel like you go somewhere and you check in and then you check out like eight hours later. Yeah, and you don't want to like start like exercising seriously or something right now. That's for <laughs> that's for when the calendar turns. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you know, there's no, there's no reason to go hard unless you've been going hard and then congratulations. You know, that's, uh, that's great. You've only got a week left and then you can take a year off from exercising. That's yeah. That's a little known fact here. If you do it for an entire year, you don't have to for the next year. That's, I like uh, the advice we offer here. We always have good advice. <laughs> I mean, look at us. We're the most successful people. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the guys you want to take advice from right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, do we have any advice that we would offer Nebraska about their quarterback situation after Chubba Purdy goes into the transfer portal on Wednesday night? Uh, Nebraska's backup quarterback the last couple of years who finished the season in 2023 uh, and played, started two games, I think, in, in 20, was it two games in 2022? 
I, yeah. I think he played in three, started two, got knocked out of the Michigan game, I believe. That's correct. That's correct. Um, and so he's, you know, a guy that's played six, seven games for Nebraska throughout the, the course of his career in Chubba Purdy, someone that I think was fans had maybe talked themselves into the idea that he could be a backup quarterback uh, for Nebraska. I know that I had talked myself into that idea. I actually thought the picture looked okay, that he's a guy that could be, you know, an, an adequate backup for you at the at the Power 5 level. But now Nebraska does not have Chubba Purdy, and their quarterback room is such. Heinrich Harburg, Dylan Riola, Daniel Campbell. What do you think happens, Brian? Well, um, I wondered if guys were going to stay put anyway. I mean, that was even though it seemed like an okay situation for Chubba Purdy because um, he was going to get a shot to compete, uh, he was going to be sort of the elder statesman in the room. Um, the the appeal of perhaps another school having an opening, I don't know if it's Boise State or where it's going to be, where you feel like I definitely can be that guy and there's not fanfare about someone else like there is here. Um, you wondered if that was going to uh, make someone walk out the door. And sure enough, it happened a little earlier than I thought. Um, I thought it might be a post-spring thing. Um, but and and might have I don't know if it happened earlier than Matt Rule thought on early or on early signing day at the press conference. Rule was taught he mentioned Purdy and Harburg um, in his quote about you know wanting those guys to have a chance to compete and all that. And then it was about five hours later when uh, Sean Purdy, Chubba's dad, was retweeting the Arizona site out there that that has a lot of info about the Arizona guys um, about Chubba planning to transfer and that's like okay this is happening um so yeah it's it's a little shot to nebraska's qb room because i think four is the ideal number of scholarship guys but it's just such a delicate dance and now it is going to be tricky i think schaefer don't you to find the right person if you do want to bring one other in that's going to look at the situation that nebraska has and find it I don't know, appealing when you have two young quarterbacks who are sort of the future and everybody's raving about uh, one of them in particular. Um, I, I, I don't know how um, how uh, open the door is going to be for some of those guys like they're going to want to walk through it. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it's you're going to have to find the right guy. I mean, I don't I don't know who exactly that is or what exactly their resume looks like, but you have to find someone who's going to be comfortable with the idea that they may not end up being the starter. They're going to they're going to have to compete against an already incredibly popular five star quarterback. Um, and they're, they're coming into an environment where you might only be wanted for one year. So it's 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 a very, you know, finite. uh tough picture to, to kind of put together here because I, you know, the ideal scenario to me, Brian, is finding an FCS quarterback that isn't so good that he has a bunch of uh, offers or opportunities or a group of five quarterback or even a power five quarterback that would be comfortable with the idea that they have a season left because I don't think Nebraska wants to commit a scholarship for too long if they don't have to, mm -hmm. um, but could also be serviceable if they're needed because I think I think you're in a you're in a weird spot where, you know, you could easily look at this and be like, well, you still have Heinrich Harburg. He could be your backup quarterback. And I agree to an extent. But when Matt Rule talks about wanting Nebraska to be an offense like San Francisco's, the 49ers, I just don't know that Heinrich Harburg can play within the confines of that system and you would be successful. I think you have to call a different style of football game with him. 
And I don't think that's a, a great way to go with a backup quarterback more often than not. You know, like I, I think you want someone who can do similar to what you're already doing. So you don't have to change too many pieces uh, if the, if the person comes in. And again, I'm talking about this in the tone of, of this individual would definitely be the backup quarterback. And as I've said on previous podcasts, I am not, I'm not going to play the game where it's an open competition. It is not to me going to be an actual competition. It is going to be a coronation for, for Dylan Riola. And I don't mean that as a bad thing. It just means I, I think whoever it is has to have a realistic view that there's a better than 95% chance they're going to be a backup quarterback. But I think they need someone um, besides Heinrich Harburg, because I just don't know if you want your offense to swing that dramatically. And that doesn't mean you can't have a role for Harburg. I, I would love to see him in in the red zone, utilizing his ability to, to run the option, to lower the shoulder, the big physical nature, you know, had some sub packages for him in short yardage or just in the middle of the field, throw some teams off, work in the option pass. You know, there's all different things that you can do from a sub package standpoint with Heinrich Harburg uh, that I think would retain a lot of value. I'm just skeptical, Brian, that he could be your your actual backup quarterback. Where are you at with that? I'm I'm more okay with it than you probably. Um, I I mean I like the fact that he's been through the fire. He's he yeah. held that position, and um, you know I I know the the throwing game was rough last year. I think it ended up for him at like fifty percent or just under. It might have been a smidge under at like forty nine. Um, the completion percentage. So you're you're going to need him to take a giant step. Now, if you listen to rule, he will remind that like Harburg wasn't even allowed um, like in the, some of the QB meetings a year ago, like with yeah. the old staff. He was basically on the outside looking in your fifth or sixth quarterback at the time, sort of um, jolted into the conversation. We'd have to say this offseason where. I mean, remember before the spring, it was like, are they moving him to tight end? That was what people were asking and all this stuff. And then spring starts. He's like one of the first guys that the media interviews, actually, when spring football's open. And uh, they seem to really like his traits as a quarterback. So I do wonder if this staff thinks like he's a guy we can just keep working on and develop and we can we can up that completion percentage eight points or something like that. Um, And uh that's a guy who you could put into the competition and push the young guy. And, and then if he doesn't get it, he's the backup and you at least have an experienced hand. So I'm not completely out on that idea. I would love if they could find like that, that perfect guy to slide in. That's a fourth option, uh, fourth scholarship option. That is, um, that just, uh, gives you a little different flavor. But like I said, at the beginning, it's going to have to be someone with a certain mindset, that says, I, I, I get what's happening here. I get that they just signed the number one quarterback in the country in this class, and people are just going to uh, blow the trumpets about that all offseason. Uh, but I'm willing to go there and um, put my hat in the ring and, you know, know sort of what the situation is without my, uh, you know, eyes shut about it. So uh, that might be a hard find. I really, there's somebody out there who would surely do it, but I just don't know who it is at this moment. The other part, I guess, is if they really think one of those walk-ons sort of down, um, you know, beyond our view is like actually got something, maybe, maybe they're, they'll stand pat. I don't know. That's possible. They could just stay with the the three they've got and as the walk-ons and say, Let, let's roll and see what happens. Blowing the trumpets needs to be added to my, my, 
you know, general phrases that I use. I like that one. That's uh, I'm going to steal that from you if you're okay with it. I played the trumpet uh, in the marching band. Um, I always forget you were in the band in yeah. addition to the 14 other varsity sports you played. Yeah, it was amazing. It kind of like Grant Bricks, like, you know, it, 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 go out during halftime of the soccer. There was no marching man show during the soccer game, but <laughs> it was um, a one man performance. Yeah. Um, no, my parents bought me a trumpet. Um, they know this by now when I was like in the seventh or eighth grade and I felt it was a really nice trumpet, a silver horn. And I was like, man, they spent a lot of money on this. They really kind of want me to pursue it. So I stuck with it, even though I was not, my heart probably wasn't <laughs> in it as it should have been. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, do you, I may have had my earbuds in listening to a Husker game during one uh, show uh, on a Saturday, like a contest. Um, but maybe I didn't. We don't know. That's that's remarkable because it wouldn't have been as as you. It have been far more conspicuous than it would be now. Uh, you'd be able to hide it easier now with the earbuds and everything. But you you would have had to have the cord. You would have needed to have the Walkman <laughs> on your body somewhere, like. That thing gets bumped, you're gonna lose the radio station. That's uh... <laughs> I, I I shut it off when we were playing. I I did have the thing right tucked in the, in the, what our big costumes, but I don't want anybody from the Omaha North marching band getting mad at me. I gave my all for those 15 minutes. <laughs> incredible, absolutely incredible. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's that's where Nebraska finds itself here, quarterback wise. You do make I hadn't considered that if they might like someone. Uh, as uh, enough from the walk-on perspective. I guess the other part of it, Brian, is it probably doesn't have to be a scholarship guy either. Like if you could just find yeah. someone, like I said, for that one year, just throw some NIL money, cost of tuition, and then something over the top. But I do perceive that they're going to want another quarterback option um, to go along with with Riola and, and Harburg. And, you know, Daniel Kalen, who I, I – I just don't think they'd want to play this year if they can just get him to to be able to register. And maybe you put him in, you get four games, you know, but you, you don't want to, you probably don't want to thrust him in too early. I, I feel very strongly that Daniel's a guy that after a red shirt year is going to be a, a pretty good option for you moving forward. But I think he still needs a year to, to kind of continue to get settled. He wasn't a late boomer in high school, but he took a more traditional path of where, he, he didn't really start playing until his junior year. And so he's only got two years as a starting quarterback. And, um, you know, now that's kind of unheard of. A lot of these guys have mm -hmm. their three, four years. And so I think because of that, you you want a little bit more development time with Kalen before he gets thrown into the fire. You know, I went to the Bellevue West signing ceremony um, with the three guys joining uh, Davon Hall, um, Isaiah McMorris, and Kalen. And it was interesting you know, I was talking to Michael Huffman, the coach there, and he was saying how when he was talking to Danny last week, you know, as everything was going down, basically the conversation, one of them was, where in a Power 5 program do you actually have um, a better opportunity to just go go compete and it, it's open? And some people might scoff at that because they're like, well, what a, the Ryle thing, of course, is, you know, taking sucking up all the oxygen. But I totally understand where he's coming from and and that idea because there there was no there's nobody established here right now. Um, you know, Harburg is is the most, and that's like five starts or whatever it was. 
Um, and Dylan is the same age as, as Daniel. And, and so Kalen's as a competitor thinking like, let's, I'm just going to go throw my rear off as, as Michael Huffman said, go throw your rear off and, uh, just see what you got study film. Like you always do and see where things fall. And as you know, Schaefer, I, you hate to speak bad things, uh, out loud, but every year we've been covering this team lately, it feels like we get about two or three quarterbacks down the line at some point for some reason. And so a guy like Daniel Kalen um, right now is in a spot where he's pretty important guy, even though he's never, you know, uh, took a class yet. Um, So I can see what they're talking about. Like there was the Michigan state talk last week, but Michigan state went and got uh, Aiden Childs, you know, who's like a handpicked guy uh, for Jonathan Smith there. And that was going to be his guy. So that wasn't like necessarily a better situation either. And uh, point well taken. There, there's, there's no reason why a guy like Kalen shouldn't be excited to just like, I'm going to show you what I got. Let's see where this all falls. And you never know how things are going to shift or, or what can happen. So I, I, your, I like his oh, mindset. I, li- I just like the mindset that they have in that camp. W- was that your first experience uh, interviewing um, Danny? Um, you know, I think you've mostly done them. Maybe one other one. I can't remember, but, uh, you know, he's so impressive, um, already answers questions like a veteran. You can see why he was such a successful peer recruiter. You know, he's, he's the adult in the room already. He's like, he's, it feels like he's talking, like he's the 42 year old and I'm the 18 year old. (laughs) You know, which is, which is not, not hard to do, but yeah, I was just really impressed with them. And I did ask him, um, I said, you know, what about last week? What was your thought process and, um, all that? And he said, uh, doesn't change my, I I'm going to go compete. I was, I did ask him if, you know, Michigan state entered the picture and he said, I'm just talking about Nebraska now let's go. And so, uh, I, I like that. I like, I like the way he's, uh, set. I think, He's going to have a family uh, when he arrives that already likes him. He's going to room with Grant Bricks, who's enrolling early. Um, it's all There's all sorts of stuff that is going to, uh, I think, make him feel good as he gets going here. Um, he's not going to have to meet a lot of people, as you know, because he's he's uh, he would be the guy you would want as the greeter at like a wedding, you know, because he's just that he's that type of personality. Yeah, I mean, it's it it is kind of amazing. Um talking with him sometimes you have to remind yourself like that guy's just finishing his senior year of high school i mean his his maturity was off the charts even when he was a junior i've always had a lot of respect for him i've always appreciated the time that he's given me the thoughtfulness of the answers um i just think he's going to be one of these people whether it's in football uh or not but in life he's just going to be really successful and so i'm I was really happy that they were able to find a way to, to keep him part of this class. Cause I know playing for Nebraska means a lot to him. And uh, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how this is all going to, how this is all going to go about. All right, Brian, we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, I am going to, uh, I'm going to ask Brian for some answers as I have a few Ooh. questions for him about the 2024 class. I'm going to, I'm going to put them on the spot. We're going to make them squirm a little bit, put them under the, uh, the bright lights here of the Husker 24 seven podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tease us a little bit. I've got some questions for our guy, Brian Christofferson, about the 2024 class. We'll have a full article on this coming out with my answers. But nobody needs to hear it from me right now. They want to hear, they want to hear from, uh, they want to hear from Brian. And so let's uh, let's let's start doing this. So the superlatives every year we have a handful of um, a handful of categories, and it's always kind of fun to to go through this. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna start with this. I I ran a summer one. If people want to check that out, they can compare it, and I'll I'll link it. Uh, in the article that'll go up on a Husker 24-7. I ran a summer one. They can compare to see how much my answers have changed. But, Brian, I want to start with this one. Who do you think has the biggest college upside in this 2024 class? Mm. From Man, maybe where go- they are as a player right now to, to okay. where they could end up being. Okay. And I, like, shouldn't be allowed to answer Ryola, too. That's just, like... Almost, that should be like a rule. You can't answer Ryle on these. Um, biggest upside. So are we taught? You wouldn't call this a sleeper. You're not saying this is a sleeper. Are you? Yeah. No, I am not. Okay. I would say, yeah. I would say uh, Keelan Smith. Um, I don't think Keelan Smith's a sleeper at this point. And I also think his, he could be something really, really good. I mean, the senior year he had um down in missouri state player of the year um led his team to a state championship uh, obviously he's got the genes as a son of neil um keelan smith i think when he committed in the offseason people are like oh that's exciting yeah he's neil smith's son he's probably okay and i think now people are like okay let's see where this goes and i i'm i'm pretty excited about it too because i thought of all the players in this class you could argue nobody had a better senior season than Keelan Smith, or at least he's in that, you know, he's at that table. Yeah, no, I think that's a, I think that's a very, um, very fair answer. And I think he's one of those guys that I'm really, really interested to sort of see play because he, he was, I don't want to phrase this in the summer. I was not, he was not as high on my radar as other guys by the end of his senior year it was very apparent that Nebraska absolutely stole him Mm -hmm. out of Missouri. And obviously having your dad formerly playing for Nebraska uh, is a, is part of that too. But I mean, just the, the season he had was just tremendous. All right, here's one for you. How about most versatile in this class, which features a number of guys that I think could play quite a few different positions. Most versatile. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I think uh, I could give you two. I think it could be Carter Nelson. 
I think Carter Nelson, um, when you listen to rule talk the other day, um, about this offense and it's a positionless offense and just like wanting to be like the 49ers is actually how he said, um, you know, Carter Nelson, I think can go a lot of different spots. So he's a guy on offense that I'm really interested to see how he gets plugged in as time goes on and he gets more comfortable in things. And the guy on defense, I'd say is the guy I interviewed yesterday, Braylon Prude, who I have a story on the site about who is six, four, one eighty five ran a 4.42 to rules stopwatch uh, when they were down in Houston. And uh, he expects to be about 215. So he's going to be like in that Javen Wright um, category. So right now he's a defensive back, So, but he could be a rover. He can be a boundary a DB right now, but he could also end up as an outside linebacker who's getting after the quarterback, you know? And so I think Braylon Prude is like, when you talk about how this staff recruits, and uh, just like get them here. Let's see how they develop. Let's see where they fit. And uh, we'll go from there. Um, he's a guy that is a shining example of that. Okay. I, I always find it difficult and I always couch it with this. You can put Dylan Riola for every answer. And so what I like to do is I either remove a player like that entirely or I, I state, you know, you can you can only fall in one of these categories. So if I you're used for one, you're burned and you can't be used again. And so I understand when I ask this question, the default answer is going to be Dylan Riola, but it would be for like seven of these. Right. So when I ask you, Brian, who who do you think the most intriguing or best NFL prospect would be out of this class? Where would you go? Okay. Um I mean, Ryle is obvious, but I, I want to give a different answer. I'm thinking about it, too. Um, I don't want you to give away your answer yet, either. Uh, well, I haven't I, given any of my answers so far. I mean, I'm, you know the I'm, thing just, I like, leaving it, the, I'm just leaving it to you. The, the thing I liked uh, when you talk about NFL prospects, it was a line rule head Wednesday where he said, um, I... Every recruit that we bring in here, I think could play in the NFL. He's not, he knows that things have to line up right and all that, but he's sure. saying like, I'm, we're not going to take anybody if we don't actually see that as a potential landing spot for him. So I like that. That's the starting ground with these guys. I'm going to, I'm going to go with just Grant Bricks. I just think Bricks is like one of the um, easily one of the best players in this class. Um, I, I think the staff viewed him that way from what I had heard. Um, I know there were other linemen along this journey that were five stars that sometimes captured people's fancy, but I think Grant Bricks was always top of the list to this staff as far as old linemen they needed to land. And they, it was a tough recruiting battle. It was one of those where people would have been, uh, really disappointed had Nebraska not come out on top. And he probably would have went somewhere else and had a lot of success. And you'd hear about it every few weeks, you know, during the season. And so the fact that he's here, I think he's got that type of uh, potential to him and that he's enrolling early now. That's exciting. So I, I think Bricks is my answer. Yeah, they definitely they definitely like Grant Bricks a lot. And I, I'm mostly fascinated when he gets his chance to play. Is it going to be as a right tackle? Is it going to be as a guard? Like, will they, you know, because I, I, these are comparisons and, and people might get mad about it because they're not going to think that these guys had great careers necessarily. But I see a lot of Matt Farniak. I see a lot of Turner Corcoran. And what I mean by that is really talented Midwest high school guy 
that maybe doesn't have elite size measurables in terms of length. And so that kind of like none of those guys should be left tackles. Turner Corcoran has been asked to be a left tackle, but he's he's not a left tackle by just sort of body development. And they're both interior linemen. And I think that's why Grant Bricks, I mean, there's other services where he was the number one interior offensive lineman in the country. And I don't think that needs to be a bad thing. I just hope that Nebraska is able to put him in a spot where he can be successful. Uh, because for both Matt Farniak and Turner Corcoran, they were often asked to do things that wasn't where they would be the most successful collegiately, but it's what Nebraska's offensive line needed them to do. And I just, I hope that that's not another similarity uh, that Grant Bricks will share with those two guys. And again, I like those are, those were two top two, four, seven offensive linemen, uh, one from Kansas, one from uh, South Dakota. And now they've got another from Iowa. I mean, that's, there's, I think, some real similarities there. And, again, that shouldn't put a cap on what Grant Bricks can be. I mean, Matt Farniak's playing in the NFL. I still believe the best version of Turner Corcoran is out there, and I hope we get to see it in 2024. And I hope that means he gets to be the left guard or right guard and he just gets to go and play in the interior and his athleticism will shine through and he doesn't have to deal with speed rushers. And I think that could be really helpful uh, for Nebraska football. So, with, with Grant Bricks in particular, I'm really fascinated how it's going to play out for him from just the position aspect of it alone between tackle and guard. Wouldn't it be something, side topic, but wouldn't it be something if Teddy had the full runway into a season of good health, took off, Turner took off at guard, and then you get the best of Bryce, yeah. who's building off of last year at the same time. And I mean, that's like where... I mean, that's the Kool-Aid drinking there. But man, if that if that could happen, you're, you're, you're talking now. One of the things that, you know, it's it's easy to pile on everything Scott Frost did in his time at Nebraska. It's easy to point to the results. It's easy to point to all of these different things. They made an effort from the very first moment they got here to rebuild that offensive line. I mean, it was mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was in shambles, basically, Brian, like they, you had Brandon Hymas. And you have Matt Farniak, and that was largely what they inherited in terms of future pieces to, to be able to play with. And so they had to really try to, to pull this thing together. And I thought they they really did a nice job each year finding different linemen, uh, but they just didn't from the develop the, the offense and the offensive line were not cohesive. I mean, it yeah. just it, it was very apparent that that was a problem starting in 2020, 2019, even. Uh, and just continued to be an issue. And it felt like this year, and I was as hard on Donovan Riola as anyone. I mean, absolutely just did not feel like he a, deserved the job and certainly didn't feel like he should have been brought back by Matt Rule. He did a nice job this past year. Nebraska's offensive line was solid. Uh, and if they can take a step to being a strength, what a lift that would be for a team that might have a freshman quarterback. I mean, if you, and I mean, you paint a, you paint a picture where you have these guys in Prohaska and Corcoran and Ben Hart and Ben Scott that are, you know, good players or perceived to be good players. that if they just take that step collectively, that could be such a boom for Nebraska that, you know, if you really wanted to, uh, you really wanted to engage in, you know, if, if things were to go right, which is a tough game to play around Nebraska, but if things were to go right with that offensive line, man, that would be such a lift for the running game, for the passing game, for all of it. And I just I don't want people to give up on Turner Corcoran. I don't want people to give up on Teddy Brahaska. It's a big, big spring for both of those guys. Yeah. 
The, and by the way, on Donovan Ryla, the open mind I had about him was based to the idea of last year's offense was so like Trey Palmer's down there somewhere yeah. that like you wondered if and you, I wonder that you think rule maybe saw this like this guy didn't his coaching didn't really get a chance to show like maybe like you in those behind the scenes conversations. It's like this guy knows his stuff. We just got to get the right system going and um, he can get those guys going. And yeah, they, they definitely made progress. They got to take another step, though. I mean, it, they definitely got down the road a bit. And now you, if, if Corcoran and some of those guys could jump up and maybe one of the young guys gets moved in there and, and takes off, it, it could be really fun. So uh, there, there's a reason for optimism there, though. And this class, some of the guys coming in, not just Bricks, but Pyle and, um, you know, Landon David. Yeah, and, yep. And Peters. I like, Man, I like the whole offensive class. line group. Yeah. They have recruited well there. So you, you would think with those bodies at some point over the next few years, you should be pretty solid. I am... Uh... I'm actually one of the things I'm I'm looking forward to for the spring practices is just kind of watching the offensive line, defensive line get after each other because I think Nebraska's defensive line is is a strength of their defense, and I think the offensive line uh, gets to go against a pretty good defensive line every day in practice, and it should make them better uh, as they as they you know look to develop. So I'm I you know this wasn't where I was intending to take things, but I I'm really intrigued yeah. uh, by the picture. On the offensive line. All right, I got one more for you here. All right, we are gonna go with. So we just did best uh, best NFL prospect. I want your biggest steal in this class. The guy that you just feel like Nebraska made an evaluation win, and I know that Keelan Smith could fit for this too. So I'm gonna kind of ask you if you can yeah. if you can maybe step outside of that one. Who's someone that you think Nebraska just identified and they're gonna reap the benefits of? Um, Donovan Jones, I think, I think he's going to be just a really good player. Um, those who followed the high school scene here locally, um, they, they saw some of the plays he made and he's just a tremendous athlete. I just, I have a feeling he's going to really excel. Now I will go outside of the state because people could say, well, that's an in-state guy. You got to go after him. Um, Roger Gradney. Would be my can I, answer. Can I interject real quickly? Yeah. Yeah. He might be an in-state guy. No one viewed him the way that he ended up playing his senior year, except for a very, very small population of Omaha North people and then yeah. the people at Warren Academy. I mean, the reason that he is at Nebraska or signed with Nebraska or that they knew about him is that Steve Warren basically sent advanced over ahead of the Friday night lights. Hey, do me a favor, watch this kid. I might be crazy, but I think that he's under discussed and I think he's really good. And they fell in love with him right away. I mean, he he absolutely Mm -hmm. turned it on at that Friday night lights camp. And I, I remember talking with Brunson and even other people in, in the local media and, I was like, so you, you know much about this guy. And the answer was, yeah, he's played, but you know, other than he's, He's got some good testing numbers. It's, it's hard to know. And so I, it was one of those in June where I just, I was kind of like, okay, like this feels like an offer you can make in December. What are you doing here? And then he just has this monster senior year. I mean, I he was really good. If I was thinking of the list of the best players I watched in person this year, it's, it's Carter Nelson. 
it's Grant Bricks and it's Donovan Jones. I mean, those are the, the three guys. And the gap between them isn't as big as people might suspect. Actually, and, and Caleb Bennett, too. I mean, so I, I, I forgot about Bennett. I mean, there's there's four guys there that, you know, I, I watched play and I was like, these are, are guys I expect to play at the next level. And I would I would probably put the two safeties ahead of Bricks a little bit, too. Bricks is hard with, with an offense that they run the ball 95% of the time. It just dominated the game. But uh, anyway, sorry. I no, I think. No, it was a necessary one because I think you made a really good point that it can be taken for granted that, well, of course, you're going to find him and you're that's what you're supposed to do. You can't. That was a bad way to frame it by me because you can't look at it that way anymore. I think in modern recruiting, when you have all these other schools poking their heads, I mean, you have teams flying to Ainsworth, for goodness sake, to, to look at a prospect and um, all all those guys in the Omaha Metro area, if you're like a top five or six player in that area, now you're going to get attention from Iowa and Kansas state and everybody, you know, in the Midwest, at least, uh, and probably beyond. And so, um, this goes back to when I was at Bellevue West ceremony, one thing Huffman said that he really appreciates, which I'm going to say for a notebook, but I'll, I'll say it here is, um, th- they didn't wait, on guys to offer them at his school and we see that with donovan jones where it's like they didn't need to see iowa come in or somebody necessarily to say okay we're after this guy they made their own evaluation and they didn't they didn't play the game which i understand you you do on occasion but they didn't play the game that you were mentioning where you wait till december to see if okay we can kind of sneak him in the class that can be pretty dangerous i think now in state recruiting to do because you're just going to, some of those kids are going to say, no, this other school's been after me since the summer. Um, and what has Nebraska done lately? Um, I think I'll, I think I'll go with the ones who are my day one, you know? Um, so that's an interesting point you make and a good one about Donovan Jones. And, and also I like that rule at the beginning of his press conference Wednesday, it was, he had a long list of thank yous and he made a real point to bring up, Steve Warren, Abdul Muhammad, you know, Damon Benning, guys like that who, um, you know, they listen to those guys who they know have their ear to the ground and see these kids in this area. All They've seen these kids since they were 12 years old, since they were six years old in some cases, and they, they know stuff that other people don't, and they listen to them. And I, I think that Husker fans love to hear that. Yeah, and I, I think that he- – I was I was looking at this the other day. I mean, the upswing of what we're seeing in terms of in-state players that are recruitable athletes that are playing Power Five football or have the opportunity to, is is just taken off in these last few years. And I think it's a lot of it is is sort of a credit to the you know opportunities that are available for these guys to get off-season work at places like Warren Academy, and they're not the only one. There's there's lots of places. You know, and and certainly there's ones here in Lincoln. There's there's a guy uh, that I think down in Hickman that James Carney used uh, yep. that was was really helpful for him. And so um, there's there's lots of people that have helped take Nebraska from being a state where they have one or two Power Five guys to they had 13, I think this year, 12. Mm-hmm. Um, that's remarkable, Brian. I mean, I, I just don't I don't know what it was like necessarily with with Tom Osborne, but I just don't think that you would have. 12, 13 guys signing with power five schools. And the, the thing about Donovan Jones, that's a guy that they used to miss. Like they used to just not get him. And yeah. then 
you know, he would he would go to a North Dakota state or to a Wyoming or, or wherever and then go have a nice career. And people would be like, well, how did you miss this? And so I I'm really excited about about him in, in particular. So, yeah, uh, I think that basically covers it. There'll be a lot more that'll be in the story. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of these. I mean, I could ask you the the best overall player or best player in the class. And, you know, you consider Dylan Riola and I'd be like, well, what about not him? And then it gets a little bit more interesting, but uh, there's, there's a lot of different pieces in this class that I'm really kind of excited about. Like, I think, I think it is a top heavy class in terms of surefire hits. Uh, or I shouldn't say anything surefire in recruiting, but likely your your highest likelihood of hits but i think they have a lot of guys whether it's rex guthrie whether it's donovan jones whether it's landon davidson jake peters they have some of those guys from june that they bet on Mm. that i think they're going to cash in some lottery tickets you know in in those players careers and they're going to get some good guys because of it well they're also betting on they they treat june as we're going to camp out we're going and we're going to actually have like the head coach on the scene and all these guys are going to get close attention um, that maybe they're not getting elsewhere. We're going to really study and use that June month to re- recruit under the radar guys in some cases that others don't know about. Um, and so I think they're really proud of it takes a lot of work that month, but I think they're proud of like what they're doing you know, um, with those camps and what it might mean for Husker football in the years to come. Now we will see. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a good class on paper and uh, we say that probably every year, I guess, but, uh, I, <laughs> I, mean, I don't... every year it's a top 25 class. That doesn't mean that they get developed and that they stick around and that the, you know, that doesn't mean that the results have followed, but it also doesn't mean that recruiting has failed or that the evaluations are wrong. It just, the coaching and the development has not been there for this program. Develop. I mean, that's, that's develop, develop, like, develop. You, you gotta, if you come in as one thing, the idea is three years from now, you're better than that version. And yeah. too often it feels like there's a plateau with some of the top guys that Nebraska brings in. You want to see them break through there. Develop. And maybe in a few of these cases, uh, this staff shown it, they're willing to like, okay, you thought you were going to be this, but we think you can be this. And maybe some of these guys who we don't hear from in the first year or two, suddenly in 25, we're writing a story about so-and-so is now working over here and it's starting to take off a little bit. And uh, I think there'll be a couple cases like that in this class too. So it should be interesting in that way. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Brian, uh, anything you would like to add before we close things out here? No, but I, the only thing I'd add is that I think the votes are in and I think, uh, I think, you said lick is what it was. The people decided. Yeah, said, I should. I should actually reference. Don't it. lick a lick a gift horse in the mouth. Is was the vote? Well, certainly don't lick a gift horse in the mouth. And I'm still fairly certain I did not say lick. But there could have been some slurring of the words or something. I don't know. It could have been a bad enunciation from me. Uh, it was. It was not the the intention. But yeah, I mean, it was like. Roughly 96% of the people uh, basically said that I said lick. Now, I feel like there's some pile jumping in this instance. People yeah, were just like, I, I don't want to go against the grain here. I don't want the angry mob coming after me. But I I will acknowledge that there is the slight possibility that I may have said lick and not look uh, when referencing gift horses earlier <laughs> this week. And so so uh, I, I appreciate you bringing that up. 
Well, as somebody who every few days gets somebody in my feed uh, telling me to pronounce something with a T in it um, because I overpronunciate my T's, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. I've never really noticed that, but I, I'm also not the most aware person in the world. So there's there's that too. All right. Well, well uh, I think that concludes things for us here this week as we, we finish off the, the signing day period. Well, certainly not finishing off coverage of the the 2024 class. I mean, we're gonna have we're gonna have more stuff. I am efforting to have a few podcasts with different 2024 signees on them uh, throughout the, the end of December and, and beginning of January. So hopefully those hit uh, coming up here next week. We're gonna have lots of coverage on the on the site. Uh, of course, that won't slow down. I mean, BC is uh, out there getting stuff from Dante Dowdle, who's coming in for a visit in January. Yep. So Nebraska's not slowing down either. As always, Husker 24-7 is a place that you want to be for all of your Nebraska coverage, whether that be recruiting, whether that be uh, from the football team, or, you know, Nebraska's basketball team, which we have the Husker 24-7 hoops cast that usually hits every Tuesday. We'll be back at it on the 26th, unless there's a scheduling issue for Brian. Um, I'm around. Yeah, yeah, we can do so it. We'll, we'll be back on Tuesday. We can discuss that uh, kind of critical North Dakota comeback from uh, yeah, from that a was sleepy a Wednesday night at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Yeah, got a little nervous uh, for a while there, but uh, no damage done. So, well, yeah, let's we'll we'll be at it Tuesday with that. Yeah, uh, for Brian Christopherson, I'm Mike Schaefer. We wish you a uh, happy holidays this time of year. And uh, hope you check out Husker 24-7 if you get tired of talking to family members over your uh, your Christmases. You know, you can always you can always come to the message board. You can always, you know, just leave the conversation about your your brother's kids or your uh, sister's plants or the family cat. And you can you can just jump on the message board and see what's happening there. So we invite you to spend some time with Husker 24-7 this Christmas if your own family is driving you crazy. And uh, with that, uh, we'll catch you next time. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.